Hey, welcome to another episode of All In Podcast. Now, this week I was joined by a very unique guest, Justin Roche. Now, Justin, I was so excited to get connected with him because of his passion for what he does and how it's outside of the sport realm, which is a lot of, of the different guests that we have on here. And so he's actually an animator at the top of his game. He's animated a lot of films and, and shows and movies that you definitely have watched, like including the, the SpongeBob movie that came out a few years ago, a new Netflix Christmas special that probably is going to be out by the time of posting this podcast. And so he's extremely, extremely talented. He has almost a million followers on, on TikTok and a lot of following for his work. And it just, it's so incredible to see the passion that he puts in as someone who's so passionate about what they do. Whoever you are, I think you're really going to be motivated and inspired by Justin's story, how he incorporates movement. You're going to not look at movies the same way because you're going to see how much work truly goes into this stuff. Um, we also discussed in this in this podcast social media how it's such a great tool how he's used it as a tool and his unique mindset about it and how he you know maintains his mental health and his balance and everything while kind of blowing up on social media so a lot of really practical tips on that area as well so i hope you really enjoy this podcast and are as motivated and inspired by his passion as i was this is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Justin Roche, uh, who's joining me here for the All In podcast this week. He's a cinematic animator with nearly a million followers on TikTok as of this recording, maybe a million by the time yeah. um, this is published in a couple of weeks. Now, I, I just spent the day watching some of your stop motion videos and like was totally absorbed into it. And now, like I, wow. I mentioned to you before this, I'm from the sports world, so yeah. um, I don't know much about animation. But for me, being someone who's so passionate about what I do, watching anyone like if I go to a concert or anything even if I don't know the music or the artist just seeing them so enthralled into what they're doing it like yeah. it fires me up it just gets me really excited and so I, I because I don't know all that much about animation could you do uh, a in like a, an introduction on what you do I, I want you to do your work justice if you can walk me through it sure yeah I mean I, I do a lot of different types of animation I went to school for traditional animation 25 years ago and uh Traditional animation was kind of leaving, uh, be, you know, being used regularly. And this new thing called the computer was coming in and starting to do toy stories and special effects and everything that used to be really using your hands with uh, practical effects from like the 80s and 60s, you know, anytime in film history to, uh, you know, traditional Disney animation uh, was was going away because it was this new fresh thing. Uh that was really exciting and making a lot of money. So right. I, as a, as a young artist, the last couple of quarters of my art school, I learned some computer stuff and I was able to apply my traditional knowledge of art and animation to the computer. So I ended up getting a job and I got into the video games industry, uh, worked for a Japanese company called Konami. They make video games. And, uh, and then it just opened up this whole new world to me of, of creating movement, like you just said, movement and acting and performance for video games, for television and for film. Uh, so that's using the computer, but I also do a thing called stop motion animation, which is going back to what I used to do a lot more, which is more physical hands-on animation. 
And it's a form of animation that was really considered antiquity, you know, old, very old, <laughs> not used very much. It was used as creature features back in the old days and a, a, and a way in the 80s to create monsters because there was really no other way to do it, to animate them. And uh, I love that stuff. I grew up on it so much that I started doing it again about 10 years into my professional career, which allowed me to touch my little kid heart. And <laughs> there was these opportunities all of a sudden that were appearing with Tim Burton films and, you know, Aardman and, and then television, Robot Chicken, all these opportunities for stop motion to kind of come back to life started appearing. And a studio called Leica, uh, which was created in Oregon, started making feature films and really trying to uh, show what modern stop motion could do in, in storytelling. And they started with Coraline, a film called Coraline, which was this beautiful film yeah, directed by I've Henry Selleck. So good. It's so so beautiful. It tastes so different because everything now, this is my opinion, <laughs> in, in CG tastes the same. Mm, it's right. it's like all sugary, uh, the same. Like, And when you get something that's really unique, like stop motion, it's like, oh my God, I finally get to eat something different. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm being force fed all this sugary perfectness every day. And then there's something that was really handcrafted uh, by tons of amazing artists and and it feels like you're you're watching something unique and different so uh, so I've been applying that I've been working in films in stop motion and CG uh, and doing animation wherever the wind takes me basically that's awesome and how has like 2020 affected that industry because I could see just like from watching your videos I was like if you have the right setup you know yeah. you could probably do this remote especially when people aren't able to film things and I just watched a show and um I'm trying to remember what it was called but it was on Netflix and they finished the season with a little bit of like um it, it, it was a different animation I think it was like cartoon animation but uh -huh. they actually like merged it with the clips that they had and then they did a few more clips that they could get with social distancing and everything so wow. they finished the whole season of the show with animation and I I thought that was so cool and so unique has how has that affected like your work and your industry this year well it's really interesting because because I work in CG is my main job right uh I'm right now like I'm on my lunch break, I was working at home on my computer in my office. So right. it's been really actually exceptional how easily we've continued working. Uh, you know, I'm still telling stories. I work on cinematics every week or, or you know, cartoons. And uh, I do it all here on my computer. We meet on Zoom. So we have meetings <laughs> with the directors and everything pretty much moves exactly the same. In stop motion, it's a lot more like live action filmmaking because you have real crews oh, with right. lighting, camera people, sets, puppets, props, uh, you know, everything that a real miniature movie would take. So they were uh, shut down for a little bit, for sure. Okay. And it really put a hurt on that industry. But me and my wife work as independent stop motion filmmakers. So we're able to work out of our garage without the same laws that maybe a huge production yeah. company would have. Uh, we can just talk to the people we're involved with and be like, are you okay with this? Are you okay? With okay, we're okay with this. Sign a waiver, we're good. Um, and otherwise it's just me and my wife literally making the sets and making the props and I'm doing the animation and setting up the camera. So we're really independent at the same time uh, in our home studio. That's really cool. That's like the people with the home gyms. They're so, they've been yeah. so prepared. Yes. That's this guy right here. 
<laughs> I have I have an entire danger room that we built this year. Uh, that's I don't have to go anywhere. I can just go downstairs. That is so awesome. That is so cool. And like, I really like how you've incorporated movement. Like I was watching a video and you were, I think the top half of the video, it was showing like um, what you created with the animation. And then the yes. bottom half was like you yes. doing like an example, like you were like rolling yeah. in on the mats. Like, yeah. can you walk me through how, like, I think, I don't think people understand that about animation. Cause I had no, no idea that you're not just sitting there and doing like, you're actually going and demonstrating and yeah. doing these movements. I mean, everybody works differently. Every artist works differently, but a lot of artists these days use video reference, right? Because if you're trying to create uh, animation that's very realistic or uh, or just informed even, because here's the thing, I have a movement background that's pretty rich. And one of my specialties is being able to do action right. and, and mechanics that are very believable and that have weight and, and power and force. And, and a lot of, animators don't have that background. They're much more on the non-movement side or animation uh, all up here in the head. Mm -hmm. So what people do is when they can't do the movement, they'll record someone or they'll research movement to to learn how proper, like a proper dive roll is or a, whatever, a flip or a martial arts move. So me being an animator and working for a studio that does a lot of action animation, I'm I'm tapped into very often to do reference for the animators. So I'll do acting, I'll do action, and we'll record it, and then the directors will give feedback, and then the individual animators will use that as they animate to inform them on maybe gestures or facial expressions or small, subtle uh, timing uh, differences as, as a person's performing. And then you mix that all in with our artistic creativity and you get the magic of animation. So it's very common these days to use video reference. And, uh, you know, if you're working at Disney, if you're working at, um, you know, Leica, wherever you're going to work, people are using reference. And, uh, and it's making animation quality, you know, that much more. Yeah, I could definitely see that like as a non-expert, just as a viewer, yeah. you you look at some movies and sometimes you see how things are moving. For example, if I'm watching an animation of snowboarding and I'm like, that is just not like, you, you don't even take off yeah. like that. That's not yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. I can only see it as an advantage to have this separate skill set that you can incorporate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is definitely a gift that I brought throughout my whole animation career. And, um, and I, I treasure it, you know, because like you, like me, I'm sure... Not only do you see specifics because that's your sport, that's wrong or off, mm -hmm. but you also understand balance and you also understand, you know, weight and, and, and postures and like all of the different things that, that as a mover, we take for granted. I literally, it's in my body and I'm able to take a puppet and recreate, uh, you know, scenarios just because of my understanding of that. This is how weight is. This is how timing works. Um, and, and then my craft of being a performer and, and exaggerating and then, you know, playing up staging all the different things uh, that make performance more theatrical and, and go beyond. That, that makes so much sense. And I think that's going to resonate with anyone who's listening and who is into whether they're an athlete or not an athlete and just getting into movement, yeah. that understanding the basics of movement translates to life in so many facets. Oh, yeah. I think that sometimes people see that it's like, oh, yeah, you have this athletic background, you know how to move. That just translates, you know, to sports. But mm -hmm. like life is movement. Like what are we oh, yeah. doing in our life if we're just laying in bed and not moving at all? Like, oh, yeah. Those are things we're thinking about 
24 seven, like how we're moving. And often it's subconscious for many people, but when you bring it consciously, that just, it improves your longevity. It improves your work. Like, like you have kind of mentioned here. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing too, as animators, I mean, I always say it, I, I teach animation too, is I get new eyes every, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months, whatever, like I get new eyes. I'm like, Oh my God, I can see things I <laughs> couldn't see before. This is amazing. And like, uh, you, you see, you know, like, uh, I'm sitting on a bench, I'm having coffee with my wife in the morning, I see people walk by, I see uh, little interactions at the park between a mother and a child, uh, postures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people's emotional states being like worn in their physicality. I'm literally logging that information into my body and to my mind every day, and applying it to my work. So I'm studying, uh, emotion, human behavior, uh, patterns, uh, every aspect of it. It, It's so valuable. And it's so, you know, like you don't realize it when you're watching sometime, like a performance from an, uh, you know, an incredible actor or, or a piece of animation that just is phenomenal. And you're like, oh my God, wow, there was so much that went into creating that little bit of gesture and that little, because one pose can communicate tons to an audience one pose right uh that you would never think about right because you're just swimming through actions as you go through life but every one of those that we can break down and use as a as a communicative tool uh in in storytelling uh or or just you know uh light you know any of any of the aspects of, of of life that we go through it's pretty it's pretty incredible yeah, that that is so cool and so good to hear because I think a lot of people they walk through life like just unconscious and we don't realize these things. But what's so interesting because I, I like to always like touch on mindset and um, and just recently talking with a lot of mental performance coaches, the way you carry yourself is so impactful. And it's funny how we watch these movies and we we get emotions without words. We see how either an animation or a character carries themselves, and we make judgments and we dictate yeah. their character. All these things in the movie. But yet we don't do that in our own lives to ourselves, which is so interesting. We like don't, you know, we walk around all slunched and wonder why no one yeah. comes up and talks to us. And we, we yeah. don't think about it, but we watch yeah. a movie and we judge it. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, I mean, obviously our social interactions are rich with uh, nonverbal communication. You know yeah. what I mean? And so much of that, uh, you know, it's it's a direct reflection of your insides, of your mindset. There's There's... It's 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 so incredible. Humans are incredible, and and I, I feel so fortunate that I get to, you know, be part of, you know, communicating through these other characters that I animate. It's magic. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I I know even as a kid, just watching those like, especially especially as a kid, I think because yeah. you see the magic of it, and you yeah. just are like, how did someone put in that much work? Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's mind-blowing. Now, like, I want to go to the start. Like, how did you even first get interested in all these things and start getting interested in studying other people and into art in general? Uh, Always an artist from a little kid, you know, just drawing, uh, doing art around the house, comic books. I love comic books growing up. Film, I was a huge, I still am. What am I talking about? I'm a monstrous film fan. (laughs) And like, uh, there was a few films, Secret of Nim, when I was a kid, was an animated film uh, that was slightly adultish. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it, w- it was some people that left Disney because they weren't happy with the work there. And they made a film 
uh, called the Seagronym, and it and it blew my young mind. Like it was scary enough, had a little bit of enough of an adult themes and ideas and real death, real consequences, no songs. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is this? And it felt so, the colors were so rich, characters were so awesome. And uh, I was like, wow. And I saw a few special effects shows. This was so, none of this existed back then, right? There was no YouTube. There was no, there was a couple of magazines called Fangoria and Cinefix where you could see little peeks of how they did special effects in movies or how animation was done. And I was able to see like how King Kong was a puppet mm. or, or Medusa was a puppet from Clash of the Titans. Like all these Jason the Argonaut monsters and creatures. And I was like, oh, that's a, somebody does that? Like, you don't know how it's done, right? And then when I saw uh, so much of the animated films, there was a few little peaks because there was only four channels back then, right? For a long time. <laughs> where you'd see At my someone, cottage, we have like two channels and I understand. Okay. <laughs> They'd be flipping paper with drawings, right? And you'd see the movement yeah. and you're like, oh, that's a thing? That's how they do that? Like, you know, blows a little kid's mind. So you're like, wow, people in the world can can make a living doing that stuff, right? So kind of opened up some ideas in my head, continued to do art, really wanted to do special effects in, in movies because uh, growing up in the 80s, there were so many awesome science fiction monsters and creatures and and then so much great animation going through the 2D, through the 90s and stuff like that. And I I went to art school with my brother and I was going to go originally for... Uh, creature effects, which is like special Ooh. effects, masks, animatronics, Ninja Turtles, like all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, the old school Ninja Turtles and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then 2D animation, right? And then uh, right when I was in school, Jurassic Park came out, 93, I think. And I was like, holy crap, I'd never seen dinosaurs that look like that. I'd never seen anything that was that believable as a creature. Yeah. And I, uh, I was like, I went downstairs and I changed my, my, my major to computers. So I was like, cause I had a kid, I was a single parent at the time. And I was like, okay, I got to be responsible. And this is the future. And, uh, I switched over and, and it was obviously the best thing that ever happened yeah, to me. As good far prediction. As, yeah. The right time, the right place. And then, you know, it, I, it got me into games and then I bounced around and it's funny cause I came back to the practical physical artwork about 10 years into my CG career because I was missing it so much. I was like, right. I'm tired of everything being on this computer. <laughs> yeah. I can't touch my artwork. This is, ugh. it was kind of was bugging me, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden this new opportunity where there was so much opportunity for stop motion all of a sudden out of nowhere. I was like, who, wow, the world changed. Awesome, you know, so. It's funny how so things that, circle back sometimes. Yeah. So I, I then was able to do everything I love, practical artwork and then computer animation, all of it together. That is so awesome. So cool. And I, I remember hearing like the Jurassic Park as I, I was born in 93. So okay. my parents told me that like Jurassic Park was like a game changer. You oh, see yeah. how that huge. was changed and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Huge, huge changer. I mean, and in fact, the dinosaurs were originally going to be stop motion until uh, they did that those tests at a place called ILM and showed uh, Steven Spielberg what the CG dinosaurs could look like. And right. it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing. And uh, and obviously, like today, everything is CG. 
uh, that's out there. And I think it's, again, I think it's a little too heavy mm-hmm. in CG now where I still, even though special effects from the eighties were not that sophisticated, they were real. Right. And a real stuff scares me way more than mm-hmm. a cartoon. Cause my brain knows it's not real. There's something in there. I'm like, I can tell that's not quite real. It's amazing animation. It's amazing, uh, you know, somewhat integration, but there's a little piece of you that can tell that's a CG snake about to bite me. And, I, you know, but if I see a real snake that they used to film in the old days or, or, <laughs> yeah. uh, or a pretty good animatronic, it freaked me out more in whatever way I was able to connect mentally because I knew it was real. So I love the mix. If there's a, a really challenging or not challenging, a uh, um, tasteful mix between practical and CG, that's the best. That's the win. But it must have been such a cool feeling. Like, you know, if, for example, my parents, they watch Jurassic Park and they think that's so cool. I can't wait yeah. till the next movie that comes out with this. But for you, you were in a place where you can take advantage of that. You're like, you're seeing something come that's in your wheelhouse and you're like, yeah. perfect, I can switch to this and this is what I'm going to do. Like, how yeah. how was that feeling? Just knowing you're like right place, right time? Or was it more like hindsight? You know, it's really interesting. I, I think it I think I knew I was on the cusp of something. CG definitely felt new. And, and uh, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like back in the eighties, just as an example, hard for you to understand, but <laughs> even arcades, when you would go to an arcade in the eighties and you would get on this machine, it felt like you were from the future That's with so these fun. ridiculous little 2D pixel spaceship flying around and you felt like I'm really commanding a super ship from the future. And I'm, I'm like technologically mixed into this machine. There was something so exciting about tech in that time period. So, so when, you know, arcades and then home stuff with like, like uh, Atari's and all these systems started coming home, everything started feeling, you know, VHS, (gasps) like (laughs) movies, that you can record from television and watch over and over again. Little things like that were so impactful to me. Like you had to go to a theater over and over again if you wanted to see a movie and really like see how they did something. Here, like I, you know, my kids never under never understand. They're they're just type it into Netflix or yeah. and it pops right up. That was so special. And and uh I don't know, they're they're the the going on the edge of that computer animated uh, forefront, seeing Jurassic Park, it definitely felt like, okay, this is what I wanna do. That definitely is way better than what's been done. Uh, let's do that. And and I, you know, I felt like there was this weird transition too, where I as a, uh, an artist who knew the machine, before mm-hmm. that, they were just technical people. They were literally computer science majors who moved stuff around and made these, dinos- you know, certain things move. So when you put an artist or someone who's trained in the craft of animation and then give them that tool, whoa, watch out. You know, that's, that's when you're going to get the passion behind it, I think. And, and knowledge of movement and knowledge of, you know, weight and all those things that make things believable. Uh, So it was interesting because I saw a generation of technical people get pushed out because this new technical young animator people were coming in that were, you know, making them extinct. Just like when I got into the video games industry, video games were still 2D. And those people 
didn't want to learn the computer. And mm-hmm. I was young enough to be able to be like, All right, I'm not going to learn the computer, right? So they got pushed out backwards because they didn't want to evolve into this new tool. There were so many things that were, I was right in that perfect line of, yeah. of having a young enough brain and also the artistry to, to ride that wave. Yeah, because so many people, like like you said, are resistant to change, and then they ended yeah. up getting work their way out. Yeah, and it's funny because I look at I look at um at at the older generation, older generation than I, and I say like, how cool would it have been to see the progression that was made in that lifetime is insane. Like for me, yeah. I I mean, I'm probably thinking the same thing, taking it for granted because you know right. we've had social media, we have so many things, but we're in like yeah. a I feel like we're in a different age of technological evolution, like. Back then, like the computer was first coming out. Now we're inventing things that go on to the computer and run on the same program. But it just, even even look a hundred years ago, like film and movie was completely different. It was nothing like it is. Like it's, and and to think if humans have been here for however long, um, scientists say, or people believe, I mean, there's a ton of different different beliefs about how long humans have been, but it's a long time. And to think that only in the last hundred years, things have changed this much, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse for sure because <laughs> it, it all gets faster and faster and faster. You know, I like how you say worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a good sign for the future. Right. Well, there's parts of it. You know, like I, I mean, I, I definitely consider myself old. I still bounce and everything, but I'm like, uh, I loved when I grew up, and you loved when you grew up. Like all of the the things that the nostalgia. Like, yeah, like I loved not having access to all this information, and I mm. loved you know, the adventures we had as kids without, you know, play dates and everything being so organized and, and mechanical. It was you hop just on your bike and you just go wild children. Yeah. Here we go. Go do adventures and come back later. That that was my my existence. And it was so amazing to yeah. to think. And it was, yeah, it was dangerous sometimes. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I didn't do that with my kids. I, I have three, you know, uh, well, two grown adult boys and my daughter just turned 18. And uh, they're, you know, they had a very different existence, but, you know, so I wish some of that for them. And I wish some, you know, I wish they didn't have so much access because it was really special. Like for me, finding those little nuggets of chasing down the, the information you wanted, <laughs> as opposed to just saying like YouTube, Google, Boom, yeah. anything, anything you want to know, you have at the tip of your fingers. It's really, uh, it's amazing. I, I appreciate it, but I, you know, I, I still have the nostalgia for some of the old stuff too. Yeah, no, I, I even feel the same. Like, I mean, someone who, whose job relies on like social media and works yeah. on social media and things like that. I'm like, it's such a great tool for so many people. It's like allowed creators to make a living and all these oh, yeah. different things. But at oh, the yeah. same side, I'm like, wouldn't, wasn't it cool when we just didn't have this? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I'll tell you because I'm new to social media, right? Uh, You're I, exploding already, it yeah. seems. <laughs> Believe me, it was hard for me to take that leap because yeah. I, <laughs> it sounds so silly, but like when I first got on like TikTok, I was almost like barfing every day. I was like, uh, well, I, get, I, I think I'm everyone like, had I, the same thoughts. Like it was a force you had to post. It was so hard for me to go on there because I was just like, wow, this is so... <laughs> um, uh, vain and yeah. like weird and like it's you know so like it was so against my 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 heart as far as what mm. things I valued and then I started figuring it out and then you start to of course find your tracks where yeah. uh 
okay, I'm interested in art. I'm interested in animation. I'm interested in like certain things like stunts and like martial arts, whatever. Like, and then all of a sudden it becomes a little more social, uh, specialized to you. Yeah. And, uh, and then you start finding the other artists and you're like, Ooh, this is cool. Now I get my daily inspiration. Now I, uh, I'm communicating with these people and then I'm putting up my artwork, which is blowing up. Right. And then you get a following and, and you, you build these networks of people that are uh, supporting you and interested in things. And, yeah. and then I'm like, holy cow, this is a hugely powerful tool. Yeah. Hugely powerful tool. And it, you know, now I'm like, I'm on all the social media. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely posting my work and we're using it now as, as an opportunity at Stop Motion Montreal Fest that I did. I realize now because of this micro entertainment, what I call micro entertainment, there's so much opportunity for artists to make a living based off their own work and their own ideas. You know what I mean? You don't have to go through, you don't have to go through Cartoon Network. You don't have, I don't have to go to Leica to get a movie made. I don't have to go to uh, Disney, whoever, like I am my own boss. I have channels, channels, I have followings. I have ideas. Anything that I'm interested in, I can start to create content for and let that uh, generate funds for me, right? Generate money, generate uh, an audience that then shows uh, people that are interested in hiring me because now I have this following. You have leverage. I have huge leverage because now I have close to a million people that'll watch my stuff, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, I have all these views or all these uh basically i just have power through through my my audiences and and uh and i didn't have to ask permission i you know it's self-advertising there's so much power to it and i'm really seeing it like as soon as i hit about six hundred thousand on on tiktok brands started to contact yeah boom they're like hey would you put this on your thing can i give you this for a shout out can uh can we work out some deal will you do uh animation for me and it was, uh, I'm like, wow, you know, and then now you have the creative fun on TikTok, which you get paid for your views. You have, of course, YouTube where you're getting commercial uh, stuff and then just people that are asking you to do work for them. You know, I, mm-hmm. I get contacted at least once every single day for someone wanting a job uh, awesome. from me in animation. And that's all due to my friend, Rob. Flaska, who, who he's who to- connected us. Yeah, he, he talked me into it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm old. I don't do this, man. Good he's job, like, dude, Rob. <laughs> you got to get on there. And I was like, all right, I listened to him, you know, and he gave me some great advice. And and I, you know, it's it's one of the best things I've ever done. It's definitely just beginning. I 100% feel that this is just the beginning. Uh, and I've had two other friends firsthand who have left the industry to do their own stuff and they are making way more money than they ever made ever made as an animator and they're doing their own stuff so to me that's like uh being your own boss uh taking advantage of it's it's incredible and and then like i said all these students that are are worried about getting a job at disney it's hard to get a job at disney Mm -hmm. i promise you but you can be your own disney you can make money in your with your own artwork there's so much opportunity and then micro 15 second bits of animation 10 second bits of animation you can develop this following where you're getting paid in like whatever the evergreen payments right Mm -hmm. like if you create a piece of animation 
that just gets seen by new and new audiences for the rest of eternity. You're making money on your work for as long as it's out there. And if you keep creating, your audience is just getting bigger and bigger. So you're getting more and more views. It's amazing. That's awesome. It's literally, it's a power of being your own media brand now. And yeah. it, it is incredible. And you know, that's what I, I, so that's what I do day to day is I, I'm like someone like Rob, I try to convince people to do this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot of talks for like athletes and oh. teaching them how to use social media more because I see the impact. I see, you know, the oh, people yeah. when I'm posting on TikTok and the young girls who are messaging me saying this inspired them to work hard and be strong and that's do these cool. things. That's and cool. I see it like hearing your story, like there's opportunity for anyone with what you're passionate about. I yes. think it comes down to, what you said that it's such a great tool and you have to look at it that way because mm -hmm. I know now there is the things that are coming out, especially with the younger generation, the mental health tolls of growing up with social media and feeling yeah. this pressure yeah. to do these things. But when it comes to, you know, if you're an athlete, you're a uh, creative, you're an artist, post your work, document what you're doing yeah. day to day and people will follow that. And you're going to, you're not going to have that judgment and that mental health component as much because right. Like you're posting your work, you're not posting, you know, just like your body or selfies, right? Or, right, right? Right, right, right. There's, there's these different yeah. aspects to it. You're trying to give value to people, entertain people. Yeah. Um, and, and that is like the impact over hype is what I like to say. And I think that's so cool and such a great example. And anyone who is listening, like, please get on social media, the importance of building your own brand. Like really it is control. It is leverage nowadays. Like back in the day, everyone talked about financial freedom. Right. Now right. there's like brand freedom. It's like, yeah. you're, it's, you have power over yourself in a sense, the same similar way that you would with financial freedom. Like now you mm -hmm. can choose kind of the ways, the things you want to do. Even if yeah. you want to get a job at Disney, I would assume it makes it much easier if you have a million followers on TikTok oh, yeah. and sure. you can leverage that and say, Hey, Disney, like people really want to see my stuff. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I'll tell you this perfect example. I've, I, I don't know how long I've been on social media. It hasn't been that long. I think TikTok for Oh, nine months, 10 months, something Maybe like since that. since I started like the pandemic, I think I scrolled back. I was yeah, like, I got to yeah. see all his videos. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I hit, I hit 500,000 in like three or four months. Right. It was really fast. About, yeah. And you then, gotta be early on those platforms. It's so key. And then what, what else, you know, uh, the other aspect that you learn, like me as an older person, I might have it easier because because I wasn't as attracted to social media in the same way, but like right. you learn how to deal with douchey guy comments, right? <laughs> That's what there's a lot. <laughs> you learn not to look at your phone every three and a half seconds. Mm -hmm. You like, there's a lot of like little tools, uh, tips, I guess, as you're developing this stuff to not get carried away and, yeah. and get lost in it, but also, you know, find success and really communicate with your audience, right? Like, answering your your you know comments and like really taking the time to look at certain people's work that you know you can follow and and create that that a relationship that's genuine at the same time you know as uh not overwhelming you to the point like I have a family right like I'm yeah. very interested in hanging out with my wife every day and playing with my kid and like uh and then I like to do stunts and box and do all my sports and stuff like that and and uh, and then I have a job, right? Yep. <laughs> so all that plus we work on our own projects, right? We create our own films in the garage and our own, you know, brand stuff that that we come across. So it, it takes a lot of time, and 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 there's healthier tools. And I think that's one of the things that young people are going to learn. Mm -hmm. Is like 
when to turn it off, how to turn it off, what to take seriously, what not to take seriously. I remember I I can give this one piece of advice. I'm a, I'm an old dude and someone insulted me on, (laughs) on, on my, you know, one of my channels. I don't even remember where it was probably TikTok. And I was like, you know, put up your dukes, right? I'm ready to fight. And like, (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, bah, 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 and I wrote something back, right? That yeah. was like kind of ugly back, you know? And, right. and I remember I told my wife, we were on a hike and I told my wife and she's like, Justin, <laughs> no, no, don't, just don't, you know, don't, don't even open that door. You know, she, I'm like, this is a sad person. This is someone that's yeah. like, you know, one of those haters that like, is looking for something to either to poke you or get something out of you or just be a dick. Right. Yeah. So, and I really thought about, I'm like, man, you know what? You're right. You're right. And like, what a waste of time. And even for me, like to feel those feelings of like, I'm like, why would I feel that for this person? That's a couple of words that is, you know, I don't know at all. This is nothing. And I, and I, from that point forward, I was like, okay, whatever. like it means nothing it means nothing and that's the kind of little thing where there's a little bit of power the tool could give you because you get high right when people are like this is awesome dude right right and then i'm like "Ooh, thank you you know and then <laughs> yeah. but if but then that douchey comment can feel the same way right it can really hurt your your inside so it's like no you gotta you gotta really have a healthy understanding that this is this is a lot of sugar yeah. That can come both ways and some diabetes too, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So like, you, you, you know, this is an amazing tool. It's awesome to create these audiences and make these connections, but you don't need to, uh, you just got to have a, a clear real world separation between uh, the tool and of course our lives. That's, that's so important. And I think that's something that, you know what, actually in, in a sense, putting myself out more and building a bigger audience, especially on TikTok over like the pandemic has helped me a lot with is just when I, I've heard it a lot lately of just being like, you know, the people who are commenting negative stuff, they have something really wrong themselves. Yes, like they're, yeah. they're dealing with something that's probably much worse than whatever you're dealing with because they have the time to go and put negativity out there. Yeah. And what I found has been so good for me on TikTok is actually getting more of those and seeing that more uh-huh. because it's helped me in just everyday life deal with that and realize, you know what? Everyone's dealing with their own stuff. They're in survival mode and I can't, right. you know, they're right. saying this and that's fine. And, and going through the process of like, someone leaves a negative comment and I said, Hey, like you, I hope you're having a really good day. Like, I'm so sorry that, you know, and then sometimes they, you know, sometimes they like get defensive or sometimes they'll come back to you and be like, yeah, you're right. Why did I put this hate out there? And you, you start to realize that like, it's, you know, it's coming from an interesting place. And especially like, even I'll scroll through videos and in my head, like maybe these old judgments will come up. I'll be like, Oh, and then I'm like, and I'll leave something like really nice or like, I'll see a lot of negative comments and I'll try to like, be like, Hey, why are, is everyone judging this person? This, and I, I think it's like almost just made me change my thoughts, I guess, about judgment in general as a whole, just from seeing these negative comments. But yeah. I do think like there needs to be some sort of education. Cause we're having like young kids on social media now who oh, are yeah. experiencing this. And oh, yeah as much as we try to say like, Hey, it shouldn't matter. Like right. they're does. 10 years yeah. old. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna matter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I don't you're, know what we can do about that. Maybe a school course or something because it's, it's yeah, part of their know, daily life now. It, it, it Exactly. I think it absolutely uh, is a, is a thing like that. Or there's just people like you talking about it right now uh, because this is where kids learn stuff, right. On yeah, podcasts and true. on YouTube channels and like, 
you know, some of the people that are really influential, absolutely being able to talk about that process and things they've learned goes t- super far. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I think there's an evolution, right? A lot of the young kids are figuring it out and evolving to these next generation of kids that, uh, that will just have it, you know, like, whatever, you know, it's like dealing with a bully in the old days, you know, yeah. you have to, have to, you have to have certain tools to understand and succeed. So, uh, but I, I think what you said is very, very valid. Yeah. Well, I love to hear about that story about how you've grown on TikTok because I think that's so important. I think it shows to anyone that there's opportunity out there and there's freedom yeah. to using these platforms as a tool and changing your mindset about these platforms um, and just start creating and putting stuff out there. I think is so important. It's so, it's so, it's so powerful. The internet is so powerful. And like, I, I can tell you, like, I, I was on Instagram first before TikTok and I didn't pay too much attention. I just was like, I'm going to try this out. I'm just going to yeah. try it out. Put up a couple of, you know, shots I've done or animation or artwork I've done over the years, every couple times a week. And, uh, and it, it, you know, it got a decent following and there was some stuff, but like my views, say my best views were maybe like 60, 70,000 views, right? Mm. So I joined TikTok and now I'm six a or seven million. million. Yeah, it's so crazy. And I was like, how the, what? Yeah. Where, did, where did this come from, right? Like, I've got like 15 posts that are, you know, between one and 19 million views, you know? And it's, it's like, uh, that's huge amount of people that now know my name or my work. And, uh, and I go places, this is so silly, right? I'll go to freaking Subway. And somebody would be like, dude, do you do like animation or something? <laughs> and I'll That's be like, so cool. yeah, they recognize my stripes. They recognize, you know, me from my time lapses or something like that. I'm like, wow, I'm getting like recognized at Subway and my boxing gym, like all these weird places like that are like, uh, you know, seeing my work that had no interest. In, they're like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, dude, I bet you it's TikTok or something like that. Like, uh, it's powerful. It's really powerful. That's uh, so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it is, it's absolutely crazy. I think I experienced the same thing, just, you know, like the first video that kind of went viral, yeah. like over like a hundred thousand, it was just crazy. You're watching it. You're like, Oh my God, yeah. this is insane. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And then, and, but then it just seemed the impact. Like, for example, I think my first video that, that kind of went viral that wasn't anything like just like silly it was like me talking about my journey of like I I just like barely missed out on the Olympics and I had all these injuries and I retired and then I switched and now I I was saying like now I run a business and you know it's going well and these things and seeing the people who like responded and sent me messages and saying hey like you know I had to retire from sport because of this and now I'm doing this and and the impact that it Honestly, it changed my trajectory. It got me doing more like doing the podcast, connecting with more people over the pandemic. And at first it was like, TikTok is so silly. And then it turned out like when you start looking at it as this tool for connection, it it turned into something so much bigger. And so I think it just opened up like a world in a sense. Yeah, that's amazing. And I I apologize, I'm taking my shirt here. (laughs) No worries. Warm. We got the heat going on in the house. Oh yeah, is it warm in, in California right now? Well, 
I mean, not for California, but it's mm. definitely warm. warmer than up here in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sitting out on the front porch drinking coffee with my wife this morning. Oh, and, that's so nice. And, you know, we can go on a bike ride and sweat still. So oh, wow. it's, it's fine. Last week yeah. we had a heat wave and I, I was trying to bring out all my gym equipment outside and get as much time outside because I know it's going to start snowing soon. And yeah. I mean, I love the snow, but I just wanted to get some extra Sundays. And then today I saw it was like just above freezing so really cold still would go outside with a sweater and stuff but i thought i could still like row outside i hear the wind uh, howling i was never mind i'm staying in my living room I, my <laughs> rowing machine stayed there and and that's what i did today right on yeah that's awesome that you you met you know uh, a lot of other athletes too because i definitely i follow some athletes on my um on all of my channels as well right. uh for inspiration for uh you know all, just just seeing how they they approach things and also build their own audiences as well. Yeah, uh, there's some really like these these people are going to find success even if they don't make it to the Olympics. You know that's, what I mean? That's it. That's it. That's, that's the key. They they're not all you know the best athletes in the world. They're great athletes, but they're not the best. And but their followings are still you know yeah. so strong that they're able to have a brand and create, uh, you know, interest and have deals and make money. Like, yeah, it, it's really fascinating to watch. So there's a ton to learn watching them uh, go about their days as well. Yeah, there's so many creative kids coming up. And, and that's something like social media and like Instagram came around like, when I was like, I'd already been into snowboarding. I wish it was like earlier when I was just making you yeah. know videos in the backyard with my brother and stuff like that. But it, it really started kind of taking off more like when I was in the middle of my career career i would say yeah. and um that was that's like kind of what kickstarted everything with marketing for me and my transition into business and marketing was because even though i you know i didn't make the olympics and i wasn't like number one i was still like on the world tour and at these events i was able to market myself and get some sponsorships that even the people who yeah. were at the higher level weren't able to and so yeah. that's what i try to like yeah teach athletes cool. and, and anybody cool. about is because then you have this personal brand that's only like brands are now looking even more at social media back then, you know, maybe they want your picture, uh, on the podium at an event or things like that. But now it's really comes down to like, how can you convert people on social media and things like that? And so the importance yeah. of a personal brand is it's huge, whether you're the like LeBron James yeah, or you're just yeah. the up and comer, exactly. that's going to give you a platform to fall back or build whatever you want off of. Or yeah. even if you do make it to the best, you're even more marketable and even better. So it's interesting that you say that too, because some of the people I follow are definitely CrossFit people. Okay. And, yeah. and I definitely, I see, I, I, I learned so much from watching them, you know, and how they develop their brands and how they post and, and, you know, the type of things they talk about. Uh, and it definitely, I see a lot of success, especially, uh, and they're not all the top three athletes either. These are mm -hmm. like a, a pretty, you know, wide range of, of well, competitors. The top CrossFit athletes, like they don't have time to be on social media. I see some of them got onto TikTok and tried to do a couple dances, but that's, oh, right. you know, they're not building brands like the other yeah. up and comers or the recreational CrossFitters yeah. seem to be doing. Yeah, I still, you know, I on Instagram, I definitely see a lot of them, though, that are still, you know, putting up their CBD oh, recovery yeah. oil yeah. Yep. and their, you know, power drink protein containments and, and <laughs> you know, whatever, like different type of massage therapies, guns, whatever that that helped them <laughs> yeah. uh, recover. Like there's definitely a lot of, uh, of financial rewards that that they're building through through their own work as a as a, an athlete. Yeah. yeah. 
So what does your day-to-day like look like as an animator? Like how much work are you doing? Cause I can imagine like every time I see a movie with animation, I'm like, that is so much work, but to see you that you're also on social media, have a family, you know, work out and train, like what does your day-to-day look like? So I, I, uh, I get up at, you know, maybe eight o'clock, eight 30 or something like that. And I'll, uh, I usually teach a couple times a week with, with private students. Okay. Uh, and then I go to work, right? So I zoom into my workplace and there'll be a shot. So there's usually a cartoon we're making, right? Or a, uh, a story we're telling Okay. and you get cast like an actor <laughs> in, in different parts of the story. Right. So they may okay. be like, Justin, you're doing these four shots, right? And you'll be like this character. You're going to be this person and this person. And they'll, the director will direct me directly on those shots. I want this character to be thinking this. I want this to be feeling this. It transitions into the next shot like this. They have to hook up like that, whatever. Like all these technical things and emotional beats. And my job is then to go into a program called Maya. And I pose out. I, like we were talking about, I'll literally create poses that tell the story of the animation. Wow. So just those keys. So it's like your first drawings. In the old days in 2D, you would just draw the key poses, right? And then you show the director and the director will be like, I like this drawing, I like that drawing, I don't like this drawing, adjust this. And it's the same thing on the computer, adjust this, change this, blah, 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 blah. And then you go back to your desk with that information and you add in a little bit more of the in-between information and adjust your poses or timing the way they want it or are giving you feedback on. And then you slowly kind of fill in the blanks as you're animating until you get this final product that is very smooth and beautiful. And then you hand that off to, because this is on a computer, to another group (laughs) and they light it. And then they put colors on it, like the, uh, the textures. Yeah. And then they put special effects and explosions if there's, you know, special magic or something. And then it, it all gets rendered together and it becomes uh, what you watch in, in any cartoon or, or film animation. This is why you see so many people on the credit list. <laughs> yes, especially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, in stop motion and in, in CG. But that that's specifically my CG workload. If I, If I'm working in stop motion... It's kind of similar where you get cast to a certain sequence and you will uh, be directed by the director saying, this is the shot, this is what they're feeling, this is how it's gonna go. And you go back to your set, which has been created for you by someone else, which is a full miniature world that's lit by real lighting people. The camera's there and you go through with the camera person and you pose your puppet three-dimensionally and you do the same thing you say at this point they're going to be there at frame 28 they'll be here at frame 36 they're going to be here and you show the poses that are illustrating it show it to the director gives you feedback you go back and now you 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 pose every other frame there's 24 pictures in every second of animation so so then once you get an approval from your rehearsal which is on 12 frames per second then you go through and you try to make it as beautiful as you can, 24 frames per second. And hopefully you do a good job <laughs> and you get it approved. Yeah, and otherwise then, it's a lot of work to redo. I can only imagine. Yes, exactly, exactly. Wow. How long yeah. would it take you to make like a 15 second TikTok animation like some of the ones that you've made? Yeah, I, maybe 
three days oh to, my gosh. to four, you know, to a week, depending how complicated it is. <laughs> I was like, is. maybe he'll say three hours. That's oh, a lot no. of time. Oh no. my gosh. That's, that's just the animation too. I just have to say that like, cause if you're doing things like, uh, removing wires, right. For mm. that are holding up, the, you have to paint all that stuff out. That's days of work yeah. to paint all that up. If you're, uh, you know, uh, putting special effects, you have to do those as well. There's a lot of different layers to it. Oh, and building a puppet. Yo, Just building yeah. a puppet can take a month. Oh to, my gosh. <laughs> to, to sculpt a puppet, right? And build the clothing and get it ready to talk. Like that whole process takes a lot of time. Building sets can take six weeks or months, you know? That's uh, insane. Yeah, so there's a lot of work before you even get to take your first picture. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm like, I, you must be the hardest working person on TikTok then because you see the the, the kids with 50 million followers and they do a dance oh, yeah. that's like in 10 seconds and yeah, it took them yeah, 10 yeah, seconds yeah. to learn oh, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a whole different game. Yeah. What we do is not, uh, it's not fast food. It takes no. a lot of time and it gets consumed quick, Yeah, but it doesn't, it, it, the, the work involved is huge. That's why part of what I'm trying to do with my uh, TikTok stuff is not just show the sugary, yummy animation final, right. but to show some process. Mm, this is so me important. sculpting the character. This is me making a skeleton for the character. This is the miniature world we've created. Here I am, like, and I'll, I'll put together a 60-second how-to or, or a time-lapse of me working, and it's like, you know, touching yeah. the character. Like, all of that becomes content that I can use, at the same time. So I get a few more miles than my 15 second piece. Yeah. That's, that's good advice to anyone who's on TikTok is show the behind the scenes. If you're yeah. an athlete, like the behind the scenes of the process, yeah. all these different things, because yes. I think, I do think that social media is, it's starting because of the conversations like we had about like the mental health aspects to move into like a more real view. And people like to see the behind the scenes. They want to see what really goes on behind stuff. They don't just want to yeah. see like this model's photo. Yeah. They want to yeah. see how can they rec recreate that with their friends or how right. can they know more about this thing? And TikTok is such a cool platform to do that. So I think yeah. showing that journey is so important. There definitely is uh, a huge desire for that. Like anytime I post anything, people send me a million questions. How'd you yeah. do this? How'd you do that? And I'm like answering the same questions all the time. I'm like, I got to freaking start a YouTube channel. Yeah. And just put it all there. And then I could just say, go check out my YouTube channel. Yeah. And it just, I don't have to answer those questions anymore. Yeah. Or you can do like the respond to comment videos and be like, I get this yeah. question a lot. And yeah. you can like answer it and then say, yeah more you know longer video on my youtube or whatever yes yes uh, yes yeah that is that is so cool so how you know based on what you told me you it seems so unique what you do especially how you merge movement and all these different pieces how many people in the world really truly do exactly like what you do is there that many uh well i don't think so i yeah. think <laughs> i don't think so there i mean animators all shoot reference right uh so yeah that's very common especially cg animators uh, but they don't all have my movement background, right? So that yeah. that's a specialty thing. That gives me this little nugget of special. Um, I I think there, you know, I, I think it's a small group. I guess is the bottom <laughs> line. Commercial is I think it's a small group who do exactly what I do, and I'm I'm just very lucky that I, I worked into it. I've met a couple of people over my time that are we share things like they're, they're movers. Like I, I, there's a guy online that recently I discovered who 
I can tell he's a boxer, right? I box too. And I'm like, hey, this guy's got it. I see it. I smell of similarity between us, you know? Yeah. And maybe he doesn't do the flips and everything like I can, but but there's just a movement background that I can see in his work, a natural understanding of physics and and energy and dynamic posing, whatever. Like uh, so it is out there. But it, but it's, I think I, the way I'm putting it together, it, it becomes, you know, I don't want to be cocky, but it is unique. I think no, it's unique. I, I, yeah, just from everything that you've told me, it seems very, very unique, especially mm-hmm. having all that background and the movement practice and all that stuff. And I think just your career is really a testament to people that, you know, you, you can build stuff off your experience, like, and follow your passions as they grow, as they change, as you see opportunity and, you know, like put in the work and you're going to all of a sudden get to this point where there's, there's not many people like you. Um, you've built out these specialties and you can take advantage when TikTok, you know, comes and you get the attention there or uh, a new work comes and they're going to look for someone specific with your skill set. Yes. And, and you don't have to, comp- you, you, you kind of carved out your own lane in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's passion, you know, like I'm super passionate. I, I truly love, 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 love animation. And I truly love movement movement, uh, and being a mover. And I'm not going to be able to move forever, but I'll be able to animate forever, right? Hopefully and, a little bit, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I can tell I'm losing a step for sure. <laughs> I, I'm not bouncing like I used to. Uh, I have too many injuries. I have all kinds of stuff too that, that will oh, eventually yeah. catch up to me on a higher level. But um, the animation is something that really you know is is a special thing for me that that I think people recognize when I talk about my animation when I meet with people uh it's attractive right so if you have things you're really passionate about even though I'm not going to be able to move someday I could talk about movement and passionately because mm-hmm. I rem- I feel it and I have it in me and I have animation that I'm so passionate about and that stuff helps to build your following too so like if you have things you're passionate about, I mean, obviously those are the people that are succeeding. I love video games. I'm going to talk about video games on my channel. Yeah. I love toys. I'm going to unbox toys on my channel. All these like jobs that are created through their personal passions that now they're making tons of money with is, uh, is because they're chasing, chasing their passions. So obviously yeah. if you as a, as a podcaster or you as a TikTok person, whoever, if you're passionate about dancing, people are going to recognize it. If you're passionate about whatever it is, you know, like making bows and arrows, you can find a following <laughs> through, through uh, people recognizing that, you know what I mean? It, it's so that's just a piece of advice to anyone. Uh, so you're going to find success a lot more with passion. Yeah, no, totally. And, and I mean, the name of this podcast is, is all in and, uh, and like, I think sometimes people, though they misconstrue being all in as like, you can only like one thing and like, that's it. And so what I think is, is so important and how I, I like to like describe being all in, it's just like being so passionate about what you do and that can change and that can be multiple things totally, but you're totally committing to at least trying in, in those Mm -hmm. things and giving those things a full chance. And I think you show that you can be passionate about these different things and that builds bridges. It like connects these worlds of movement and animation and all these things, whoops, (laughs) knocked over my microphone almost. And uh, yeah, you connect all these things and that's only added to your career and your success it doesn't take away you don't have to be like i only like crossfit and i cannot do anything else nothing just train it's like no you can also enjoy making videos and doing these other things and that can only add to it 
Yeah, you know, a perfect example of this is when Rob, my my advisor, friend person was like, <laughs> Justin, just post your animation. And I was like, I'm a mover. This is what I do, you know? And like, I wanted to put up my stunts and I wanted to put up like uh, tricks and things that I've done or do in my life, you know? And like, and he's like, eh, those aren't getting as much hits. Don't do that. You know, and he kind of <laughs> advised me against it. And I was like, Okay, so I listened and I just stuck with my animation for a while. And then I kind of started sneaking in some of my movement because I use movement in my animation, right? And then that kind of started bringing more people in and then basically started pollinating with with different groups. And then I still haven't exposed half the, the movement background I have, but I'm getting the audience where I'm able to start to drop that in. And they're like, wow, this guy does this and he does that. I mean- they have no idea the 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 you know how rich my movement is, my movement background is yet and that like I used to identify a hundred percent as a BMX BMXer. This is what I do. I live, That's sleep, so awesome. and breathe BMX. I'm like flipping, jumping, doing everything I can, and like and then I became an animator and I left all that behind. But I mean, I have a rich history of of competing and doing all kinds of stuff in that. And then I have my gymnastics before that. And then I have my parkour and then stunts and motion capture and all the stuff I've done for film and video games. It's like, uh, I want to incorporate those passions in as well, but I'm, I'm doing it a piece at a time and kind of transitioning. I built my core audience and then I started, yeah, and, you know, just showing the other aspects, the other sides of my character. I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of, of, especially it's true with athletes and I always reference back because that's, I am an athlete and that's kind of the way I look at the world through sports, the sports lens, but you know, they, they put that into a box, what they did and then they move on. Now I'm a real estate agent. Now I'm this, but I'm like, no one is you. You're the only one who's, who has this background. And then, you know, this is how you see the world. And then you became a real estate agent. This is all building off each other. It's not like this is one life and this is another, this is all compound interest. This is all just building. Yeah. And how do you, how do you use your movement background in your real estate? I'm sure you do. Exactly. I'm sure I I do every day in what I do, you know, like, and how I approach anything, you know what I mean? Like discipline. I use discipline like crazy. Yeah. When I have to go in the garage and it's midnight before I even start working, that's discipline. I got that from being an athlete, a person that cares about doing my work and, and making sure when I'm the weakest and tiredest that I can persevere and push through and do the job. And like, uh, there's so much little tools like that that I'm able to put into my work. People ask me all the time, how the fuck are you, sorry, how the <laughs> blank okay. are you doing this much work? How are you creating this after a full-time job? Oh, like all this stuff. And I'm like, that's how, that's where, yeah, I'm I'm using those tools. I'm using those tools. Yeah. Uh, that's so I, I'm, yeah, I'm, again, I'm glad that you shared that because I think also, you know, even just referencing back to social media, like you said, with your friend who said, just stick to this. Yeah. And, you know, there is points where it's like, yeah, sure. You need to, you know, curate your content for the platform right. for what's doing right. well, take advantage. Like, you know, not all the time. Are you going to post every single thing that you do or whatever, right. Right. but at the <laughs> same time, that only adds to what you do and, and yeah. just understanding that it does build these different bridges and these different worlds and connects and only adds to your brand or your growth or whatever you're trying to do, because, um, you know, and I, I tell athletes that sometimes because they say, Oh, I want to incorporate this other thing that I'm doing, but you know, people aren't liking it. I'm saying, well, like who cares about the like, 
because you know say a few people that doesn't pop out on them uh, to them so they scroll past it that's fine right. they right. resonate with you know your crossfit right. content say but when those people that do connect with that other side of you that only adds to their experience with yes. you and and yes. it gets other people attracted to you you're not going to probably lose people if right. if you're just yeah exactly you know? if they're there they're following me for my animation but they don't like my triple flip off the ring or something like that whatever you're right? still posting animation like they're, they're gonna be there when the animation lands exactly yeah. but now i got a new triple flip guy that also is like hey yeah. animation's cool i didn't know he did that too yeah yeah it just you you just pull from i mean this is perfect example right i i recently started animating this toy from the 80s called he-man right it's okay. this old, ridiculously muscular toy. Oh, I from, see that toy. Yeah. Actually. Okay, from the '80s. That was really awesome to me as a little dude. <laughs> I love the I love the cartoon. I love playing with those toys. So, as part of developing my channel, I was like, I'm gonna try toymation. Toymation is not puppets that I make myself, but you're actually animating toys. So I can, you know, talk about how the process works for people that are really into that because that's a whole subgenre. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it. So I try it. And uh, there's this whole new wave of people that now follow me that are just Masters of the Universe fans, Motu <laughs> fans from the 80s, right? So I got like, you know, 5,000 people that come over because they love that. And yeah. then I got, you know, 1,000 people that love Toymation. And then like, so you're, I'm constantly bringing new groups to my, my zone. So then I have World of Warcraft fans. I have Overwatch fans. I have gamers i have yeah. uh whatever animation fans like there's so many different layers of groups like i'll be like holy crap something happened in spain this week because i got 50 million spanish people <laughs> that came on holy crap i got portugal or portuguese people coming over i got mexico i like all these different france i got all these french comments like yeah uh you know indonesia went crazy you know like <laughs> i all these places that that i you see something catches and it brings over piles of people and it, it and they do they stay you know yeah. they they stay there and or i mean as long as you're keeping it pretty spread out they're they're going to stick around watching yeah no and it brings people together and it and yeah i think i think people they they tend to box themselves in and i hate when like yeah i think it's it's common to say like no niche down find just this and it's like your niche is you like yeah. no one else is you yeah. and so if you there talk you about all the different things you do that's that's, that's it cool I like that. I like what you said that your niche is you. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's just the best way to look at it. Otherwise you're yeah. boxing yourself in and there's a lot of stress and mental health stuff to that as well. Yeah, and you just feel sure. like you can only share this one part of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Love awesome. It. Well, okay. So I have a, a couple of questions I'd like to end with. Oh, sure. actually one thing I did want to ask you is what, what movies like have you been a part of that, that are more notable? I think I looked some uh, up on. Yeah. There's one coming out in about four days called alien Xmas. <laughs> It'll oh, be on Net Netflix. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's, okay. a, it's a Christmas special uh, directed by the Kyoto brothers. It's a, it'll be on Netflix. It's a Christmas cartoon about aliens that come down for uh, to earth to kind of steal all the presents and stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. I'm definitely going to have to watch that. And then uh, before that, I was helping out on a film called Wendell and Wild uh, shortly here in LA. And that's a Netflix film as well. I uh, hope to do some more work on that later, but that's being done up in Portland. Okay. And that's a Henry Selleck film who, who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, uh, and so he's cool. working with Key and Peele on that. And it's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then before that, I did SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water, uh, 
which was uh it came out maybe maybe three years ago and then there was kubo and the two strings by from Leica, uh and then paranorman from Leica. uh there's been a bunch helen back there's a bunch of bunch of movies that's so awesome yeah. that's so cool and all those movies actually a lot of them are very different and yeah and so that's so cool that's the cool thing about being an animator you know like when you're choosing a project to get on like you know, you're mixing it up, right? You're hoping for something cool or or uh, something that tastes different, whatever, something that'll challenge you. It's, it's really exciting to be able to bounce from project to project. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so I have, uh, yeah, a few questions just to end things off. Um, it's been awesome so far, just connecting right. on, on these different topics. Um, what I'd like to ask, like, especially someone who's, who has so many things and you described like kind of what your day looks like, what is one game changer daily habit? Something you do every day that's like made the biggest difference? Hmm. Oh, I mean, I talk about balance, right? For mm-hmm. me, balance is really big where, uh, I, I, as an artist can obsess as an athlete, I can obsess. (laughs) I understand that. It's a great trait to have, to improve, Mm -hmm. fail, improve, fail, improve, get better, get better, get better, get better goals, goals, goals. Um, balance for me is like, I sit at a computer for eight hours. I have to move. I have to exercise. Mm -hmm. Right. So getting some kind of a physical movement, if it's taking a walk, whatever it is. Balance, meaning maintaining my relationships with my wife and my family, really important. Um, Balance, having time for me. Mm -hmm. So not just time uh, at work. I don't consider time at work for me all the time. You know what I mean? Time at work is for my living or for a job or for another company that wants me to create something that they're making decisions on. For me, means maybe going in the garage at midnight and animating something I want to animate, sculpting something I want to sculpt, telling a story I want to tell, having having my own time so that I'm interesting even in my discussion with my family. Right, we're all locked in right now as a uh, in this pandemic. Right, so. I used to go out to work every day and I would have an adventure and I'd come back and be like, how was your day, honey? Oh, we, we talk, right? You have a little <laughs> discussion. Now, every day we're together. All three yeah. of us, me, my daughter, and my wife are all here all day. So our days are, you know, we're having slight adventure differences, but it's not <laughs> like the same. So having your own things that you're working on, and that could be my social media. That could right. be a, an episode I'm editing. Uh, it could be, something I'm doing in the gymnasium, right? Or, or a sculpt number kind, something that you can enrich your relationship with your partners, with your friends, with your family, feeling good inside yourself as a human by doing my own art, my own alone time. And then also having that, you know, shared stuff. So balance is really key for me. And I can definitely get hyper-focused and get out of balance sometimes but I, I'm pretty good at knowing I need to do this. I need to break this eight hour day and go do this. And I'm very good about spending, uh, c- connecting with my wife and daughter for sure. They priority over my other stuff. So there's always yeah. that chain of command, but balance is, is, is the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone. Put this thing down yeah, for put sure. The phone down. Put it's it so down true. and go do some stuff. Cause I've noticed even for myself, like if I want to go work out or something like that, you know, say I'm sitting down resting, you know, I'll just check my things and uh, answer a couple yeah. things. 
it infects my 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 focus, right? I'm like, okay, I need to stop. I need to put that down. I need like there's there's like disciplining yourself to be able to to step away because I'm hyper focusing on building my brand, right? Hyper focusing on building my channel. Um being able to walk away from it and, and just discipline, put things in, in categories and boxes, uh, you'll 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 just be healthier, plain yeah. and simple. You're going to still be successful, just be healthier. That's so important, especially for people who are hyper focused, like like you are, like I am, like yeah. I think a lot of people who are probably tuning in to a podcast that's titled All In are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so important to to you you have it takes willpower to step away from these things because yeah. you're so obsessed. You're like, oh, this is going to only benefit me to build my brand and right. be posting yeah. more on this. Yeah. You need to take that step back, otherwise, you yeah. in the long run, if you burn out on these things or have this imbalance. That's yeah. going to cause, you know, that's going to take you, make you take so many more steps back than just taking that small step back, taking the yeah, time yeah, off yeah. so that you can grow further in the long run. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so the last question that I like to ask that's, uh, I mean, some people answer it quickly. Some people will take a long time to answer it. If you could, you know, you're nine years old or however old, who knows how old we're going to live in this day and age. Um, you're looking back on life. If you could describe what you want your legacy to be in one word, what would that one word be? Storyteller. Hmm. I want to be storyteller. Uh, I want to tell stories. Uh, and, and that's through movement. That's through words. That's through film. Uh, my ultimate goal. So here, hyper-focus, right? <laughs> My goal has been to be a director okay. for a long time. So I've made films in my garage with my family. I've been making films since I graduated art school 25 years ago. And I just recently became officially a director at Blizzard. That's the studio awesome. I Congratulations. Worked I've worked there for five years. I've made a couple of stop motion films for them. And I'm working on my first true 100% Blizzard <laughs> directing gig. And that's a huge goal of mine for a long time. So I... I'm using that to direct many things, get more experience, and then eventually tell my stories. So awesome. I'm working very hard to get to a point where I'm going to be able to pitch my stories to major studios, to someone like Netflix, and 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 make make films. I want to make feature animated films. That's awesome. It seems like you're well on your way and you're gaining that leverage and the views through things like TikTok and stuff that yeah. you know perhaps a lot of other animators might not be doing or maybe their ego gets in the way of doing so awesome yeah that's so cool so where can people go and find you to see like your animations and your videos okay so this is how old i am because i don't even know my channels so <laughs> i loaded them up just so justin underscore rosh r-a-s-c-h underscore official is my instagram okay you can see like my my feeds you know as i go through my weeks of animation posts that i put up uh my tiktok is Justin, R-A-S-C-H, no space, <laughs> underscore official. Okay. And my YouTube is Justin Rosh Animation. And Perfect. I'm really right now focusing on building my YouTube channel. So okay. I will be posting episodes regularly again, because I just finished the He-Man short that I was making. And uh, so people that want to learn animation, people that are interested in games, animation, uh, feature film process, the, the mindset of what animation is and does, uh, I will be answering questions and putting up tutorials on my YouTube channel. Awesome. I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes to Thank your you. YouTube. 
Thank you. <laughs> That's thank awesome. You. Well, thank you so much for joining. It's been awesome to to have you on and to chat about these these things, these topics, and on the passion you have, and learn more. Like I think anyone listening is going to think differently when they look both on on when we talk about with movement, with social media, but also movies, watching animated movies. I don't think yeah. hearing these things and seeing what goes into the work behind it, you can look at these movies the same way. Yeah, it's a lot of work, guys. It's it's a lot of work for a little bit of time on the screen. It takes a couple of years to make a film, an animated film at least. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and artistic tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate having you on. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.